Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Let's start off by giving a quick shout out to our sponsors, SeedsHereNow.com. Big thanks to James Bean and SeedsHereNow.com for supporting the show. SeedsHereNow.com is your number one source for high quality seeds. Of course, they do offer a money back satisfaction guarantee, and I think they use a time machine to ship your seeds to you. Make sure to support my friends at SeedsHereNow.com. Welcome to the show, podcast world. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff. This is episode 737 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to focus on an email about stretchy plants. Before I get to that part of the show, let's do a few shout outs to a few of the great folks who continue to support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with the big Grow From Your Heart podcast. Thank you. Shout out to my friend, ADHD Grower. I want to send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to my buddy, OG Roach and the Devil Weed. Let's send a thank you shout out to a longtime supporter, Know Me By My Guacamole. Let's send a big fist bump and a thank you shout out to Grow Man Stan. I want to send a thank you shout out to Romy One Kenobi. Let's send a big old fist bump and a thank you shout out to Stash Drop 269. I want to send a special thank you shout out to my buddy, Kip. Let's send a thank you shout out to Grow Bandit. Let's send a big fist bump to Quasi. Then let's wrap it all up with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to our friend Reaper. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need will be right there on the screen. And you know, I do include that link in the show notes and in the video description to make it nice and easy for all of my friends to support the show. I do want to send a big thank you to everybody who sent me feedback on the last couple of episodes. I got a lot of responses to the uh, episode about pollinating a male plant. I did get a lot of responses to the episode about 420. So thank you for all of that feedback, all of those responses. I did get a lot of questions about reversing a male plant. A previous episode was about pollinating a male plant with another male plant. I did explain that that simply isn't possible. That is a sword fight. I also did get a lot of messages saying maybe you could reverse a male. I'm going to talk about that in the future. I did add that to my notes. That is upcoming in the future, so stay tuned. There will be an episode with a little bit of talk about reversing a male plant to see maybe what it might look like as a female plant. Now, before I get any further, I do want to also send a big thank you to everybody who made recommendations for new strain names. That's right. I am a seed breeder. If you're just watching the podcast, you maybe don't know that I am also Irie Genetics Premium Seeds. I am the uh, head breeder, the only breeder, uh, the head dude in charge at Irie Genetics Premium Seeds. That is all me. Uh, 90% of the work that happens at Irie Genetics Premium Seeds is done by me, uh, by me personally. I breed the seeds. I do the selections. I do most of the packaging. Uh, a lot of the stuff happens all by me. But anyway, I am also Irie Genetics Premium Seeds. I'm always making new strains, new crosses, new things that need new names. Recently, I posted to Instagram and I also posted to my Discord that I've got a new cross that needs a new name. And I got an overwhelming amount of responses. Big thanks to everybody who sent a creative 
name suggestion. If you sent one of those cliche names that has already been taken a thousand times, thanks, I guess. But to the people that did do some work and sent me a creative name, extra big thanks, extra salute. I do appreciate that. I have not decided on the name of that cross. I'm not going to talk about what it is here on the show. I'm not going to talk too much about that new strain here on this episode. We'll just keep moving forward because I don't want to flood the YouTube comments with name suggestions. Uh, If you were on the Discord, uh, in the general chat there, I did ask what the name should be. So join the Discord, check it out there. There is a link, by the way, to the new Discord server in the show notes and the video description. I did update and change the Discord. I mentioned that a couple of episodes back. Maybe some people don't listen to every episode. Maybe you haven't found the link. I will include the new Discord link in the show notes and in the video description. Please join us on the new and improved, upgraded, updated Discord server. Big shout out to my mod team for holding it down in there. I just got done in an official iRegenetics Discord mod meeting. So we are trying to moderate the server there, trying to keep people happy, keep people satisfied, keep the trolls away, keep the scam artists out of the server. So join us. It is a very welcoming environment. I would love to help you grow, love to hang out with you in the voice chat, in the video chat. Come jump into the Discord. Where was I? I was talking about strain names. I'm trying to name some new strains and I've uh, started doing a thing when I make a new line of crosses, I'll take a male plant and pollinate multiple females. Then that batch of seeds will all get named kind of by the same sort of a theme. Uh, I've got some fem seeds that will be coming out very soon. They are all kind of loosely named after fish songs. I'm sure you noticed a lot of the Grateful Dead fem. Maybe you didn't notice a lot of my Grateful Dead, uh, Grateful Dog feminized crosses were named after reggae artists. So I try to kind of bulk them into a group that helps me remember what they are. It helps me identify what they are. Uh, Also, it helps other people associate with them. There was also the TMNT line. Uh, We had Raphael, Donatello, Leonardo, Michelangelo. Uh, There was Shredder, Bebop, Rocksteady. It made it really easy to just say, is the TMNT line sold out? You knew that that was all the reversed blueberries cross. Now, all of the fish stuff is actually a reversed afterglow cross. I took the afterglow, uh, reversed that, pollinated a bunch of stuff. All the things from there got named or are being named, loosely named after fish Uh, songs or fish associations. We'll talk about that in the future. Uh, Some people will understand what the rhombus is and some people simply will not. I am rambling. My point is thank you for the help in naming strain names. I feel like a lot of the good shit is taken. And when people try to give me strain name suggestions, they say things that are already completely taken because we're running out of all the cool shit. I do appreciate the help. I feel that Naming a strain can almost make or break that strain. If a a really killer strain, a really good cross has um, a bad name or an unappealing or a non-desirable name, people just don't buy it as much as they would a cross with a really cool name. Sometimes I think I've got the greatest name ideas and it just doesn't work. Uh, Saka Souffle and the Machine, for example, those those were made together in the same run. And they are both kind of named after tributes to two of my favorite comedians. Saka Souffle, of course, is a joke from Tom Segura and Larry King. And then The Machine, as Burt Kreischer puts one of his most popular jokes ever. That's where those names came from. The Machine sells very well. People don't know what the hell Saka Souffle means, so they just don't buy those seeds. Both crosses are equally... Uh, equally powerful, equally as potent, equally, they're both badass crosses. I'm equally proud of both of them. But since I named one Saka Souffle, I've got a lot of seeds of that one. Since I named one the machine, I don't have as many seeds of that left. So that is a good example of how a strain name can make or break a cross. Uh, Strawberry Starburst sells real well. Sunkiss doesn't sell as well. I think uh, they're equally potent, equally powerful plants and seeds, but because of the names, they simply don't sell as much. Scarlet Begonias, 
Uh, that's a Grateful Dead song. I named that after a Grateful Dead song. It doesn't sell as well as some other things. And it is, I think it was really missed. I think it was slept on. That one should have been more popular. People didn't buy it, I think, because of the name of the strain. So um, naming a strain can be difficult. Naming a strain can make or break the strain, in my opinion. Some people, uh, I had a strain called Bounty Killer a long time ago, and a friend of mine didn't want to grow it because she said the name was too aggressive and she didn't want to tell people she was growing Bounty Killer. I named that after a reggae artist named Bounty Killer, um, and I called it Bounty Killer because it gave me gigantic buds. The bounty was beautiful. It was a Bounty Killer, also reggae artist-influenced name in there. That's where that came from. Anyway, my main point was thanks for the strain name recommendations. I do appreciate that. I will post more of that stuff to social media, more to the Discord. Also, if I do ask for strain name recommendations and I can find the person who gave me the name that I use, I will probably send you a pack of seeds. Also, I usually don't do this. This is something I should start doing. I've got a name that was given to me. Uh, I posted one cross. I said, hey, I've got this cross. It needs a name. Somebody shouted out a name. I was like, ooh, I'm going to save that for another cross. I'm not going to use it on the one they were talking about, but it did get curbed and shelved. And actually, I think I put it on another one already. That is now another cross. I know what it's named. That goes on another pack. Um, you'll get points for that also. When I do put that cross out, I'll try to remember who said that. If you remember, I'll send you a pack of those seeds. That makes it super easy. That way people get treated, they get a prize, they get rewarded for their creative content. All right, I'm rambling about strain names, but that's what's been on my brain all day. Uh, I've been trying to name a few things. I got a lot of great fun stuff coming out. Make sure you join the Discord. That's where they see it first. All right, I did say I was going to read an email about stretchy plants. I don't want to ramble too long. Maybe too late for that. If you notice me playing with the microphone, I did wobble here. I apologize if I look distracted. Might be time to replace this mic or mic stand. Anyway, let's get right to this email here. This one came from our friend. It does not have a name on it. So we're not going to say their name. It goes a lot like this. It says, what am I doing that makes my plants stretch so much? That is a common problem, a common issue. It could be a lot of things. We'll diagnose that here based on the evidence we are given. It, see, it says, they seem to grow the most in week three for me. Yeah, that is very common. Um, when you put your plants into flower, I call it the 21-day stretch. The first three weeks, they're really going to take off. Then about uh, the start of week four, they kind of calm down and start building buds. They're just trying to develop space. They're getting going. Uh, that is a very common thing, but there are things we can do to prevent that, to minimize that, and to keep you on track from growing those plants up into the freaking lights. It says, I start them uh, day one at 10 to 12 inches tall, and they always end up around 36 inches or sometimes taller. This week, this is week four. Uh, my photos are taken today. He did include a couple of photos or they did include a couple of photos. It says, I kept the 600 watt HPS 18 inches from the canopy to try and keep the plant short, but it made the outside edges stretch worse, I think. Yes, by looking at the photo, I would agree that the plants on the outer edge of this room did stretch worse. They did not stay compact like you would have hoped. Uh, and I know why we'll talk about that. It says it is a seed run that may account for some variation, but it's wedding cake, not a tall plant by any means. Um, so you say right here that you did raise the light from the canopy. Uh, that is why they're stretching. That is not enough light for that amount of space. They would prefer more light. If you had a thousand watt in there or maybe even a, an LED light with the appropriate spectrum, they would not stretch as much. So a lot of the issue is light. They want more light. I see that you have got the kind of light that has got the wing that you can bend and flex. You've got it bent down to create a very tight arc from that shield. That is a, a reflector is what that piece is called. The, the umbrella piece that is making the light stay inside of that reflector and reflect around. If you can bend that out more, 
and spread that out to get the light. You'll watch it happen as if as you lift the sides of those wings up, the light will come out to the side more and those plants on the side will receive more light. That will be the first thing I would do. Then I would lower that light. I would start with lowering it about six inches. And if it didn't do anything good, I'd go about six more. I'd watch until those plants start to look like they're almost mad. Then I'd go up a little bit, but I drop it down six inches right away. So spread that wing a little bit, drop the plants down six inches. Now you're going to spread that light more and you're going to penetrate a little more deeper into that canopy. The main problem is those lights. Those plants are not getting enough light. That is the main issue about those plants that I can see. Um, now, basically, plants are going to stretch. That is what's going to happen. You can minimize that by giving them more light. You can minimize that by using a trellis net to hold them down, pull them down. You can use a tomato cage. You could pull them into the tomato cage and spread them underneath there. And then when they grow up, you pull them under the next level of the tomato cage, kind of weave them in. Uh, you could drill holes in the top of your buckets and you could put a, a string on the branch and you could pull it down and then tie it to the bottom of the bucket. I've seen that done. Uh, now people are making 3D printed plant light stress or low stress technique clips. So you basically pop the plant a little bit and put this clip on it and it will hold the plant at a 90 degree or a 45 degree. They sell a couple of different styles. It'll just bend that plant right over for you. The plant will start to grow horizontal over a couple of days. It'll go straight back up. Then you grab it a little further down and do it again. You can manipulate the plants to keep them low. That is something that you'll have to learn to do as a gardener. Once you find the phenotype which you want to work with, that's another thing that I do want to talk about here in this room. Uh, we'll get to that. Another thing we could do, we can pop and twist these plants a little bit. Something I really like to do, as soon as I put the plants in flower, day one, I move them to the flower room, clean up the legs, do a lollipop, do a little defoliation, do a little uh, uh, shaving the legs. Some popping and twisting is the next thing I do. I talk about this a lot. I simply grab the plant with two hands and I twist different directions to where you achieve like a knuckle popping sound. I'll do it. I don't have any knuckles to pop. I'm there we go. You'll get that sort of a sound. When the plants make that sort of sound, you have now broken the cellulose fiber of that plant. Don't bend it sideways. Don't bend it over. Just twist it and you'll pop it. Now what's going to happen is that plant is going to spend a lot of its energy refocusing on that little popped and twisted part. It's going to heal that. It's going to make a knuckle, a knurled spot, if you will. That little section will be stronger than it ever was before. Also, it's going to support the buds better than it would have without that. But also what you're doing, you're slowing down the stretch because now the plant is spending energy repairing all of those pops and twists. Because I'm going to do it, I'm going to start at the main stalk. I'm going to go all the way up the main stalk. Then I'm going to go each branch all the way up and pop and twist as much as I possibly can and cause a lot of, uh, it's low stress training to this plant just by popping and twisting it. Now it's going to spend a lot of energy repairing and recouping all the damage that we just did instead of growing tall. It's going to just go, I can't grow tall. I got to fix all my broken arms and my broken knuckles. We didn't do a lot of serious damage to the plant, but we did enough to refocus the energy on repairing instead of growing tall. Now we're not going to damage any buds, any weed, any flower development, because that's not even happening yet. The plants are still transitioning into their flowering hormones. That's why they're starting to take off so rapidly. There are nutrients we can feed our plants, which will mitigate that stretch. Maybe if you reduce the nitrogen, that will slow down that stretch. Uh, I like to give my plants shine right at the start of flower, and I notice that that does reduce the stretch a little bit. There are a lot of products out there that will claim to reduce stretch, uh, do some reading, do some research. But um, the main thing I would think about is this is plant and phenotype specific. This is your first run with these plants. These came from seed. I would have flowered these much sooner. I've seen your grow space and it is a little packed in there. The plants are a little stretched out. They're a little tall. 
And we don't even know if we've got males or females or intersex plants or mutants or keepers at this point. And you've been vegging for at least 30, probably 45 days based on the photos that I've seen. So you're already 45 days into these plants and we don't know if they're going to be keepers. We don't know if they're total trash or if they're gold. They could be either or. You said you have got some, I think you said wedding cake. That could turn out to be 100% intersex plants or that could turn out to be hot, hot fire. I'm not sure what you've got. Either are you. We don't know until you flower them out, finish them, dry them, cure them, smoke them and approve them or reject them. So what I would have done is I would have grown these much, much smaller and then flowered them much earlier. Uh, my plants would have been about the size of your plants when they are finished. My test run of plants would be as big as yours are now when they are done. I would be done already. Those would have been into flower. I would have sexed them. I would have pulled out the males. Uh, I would have had them finished already. We'd be drying, curing them, and smoking them while you're still vegging. Not really. You're only like 45 days in, but I'd already be a few days into flower with plants that are brand new. I wouldn't spend that much time, uh, lights, energy, electricity, water, soil, nutrient space. I wouldn't have given them all of that without knowing if they were keeper plants. So one of the things I would have done, I would have put those plants into small pots and I would have grown them out until they were six or eight inches tall. Then I would have put them into flower until I can identify the males and females. I would have pulled the males out of the room immediately. Then you have a decision to make. Do you want to reveg or do you want to cut clones? I would get a clone or I would dedicate to revegging at this time. Right now I'm limited on numbers. I would go with the reveg situation. So we just move forward. You can either keep flowering these plants or you can veg them uh, until they get a little bit bigger and then flower them out. But once those boys are out of the room, at this point, I would probably just keep flowering, keep flowering them out, then find the good females out of that batch. There's going to be a shitty one. There's going to be an amazing one. There's going to be one that tastes good. There's going to be one that harvests heavy. You've got to find the plant out of that batch that works best for you. Do you want that tall, stretchy phenotype? Do you want that short squat phenotype? Do you want the one that makes the super dense buds and tastes real good? Do you want the one that makes a little fluffier buds, but gets you super high? There's going to be different phenotypes to select for in there. And I would have done the pheno hunt before I did the big dedicated grow, which is kind of what it looks like you did. Then we could have found out, does this one get tall? Does it get stretchy? What does it do? Then you can dial in your environment for the specific plant. Right now you got a big jungle. Uh, some plants are 18 inches tall. Some are 36 inches tall. By the time you get midway through flower, some are going to be touching the light. You're going to have to get some and bend them down. Uh, you're going to have a lot of work to do. So in the future, I would recommend flowering smaller test plants. Don't waste a lot of time, space, energy, money, and investment on something you don't know is going to pay off. The return on investment is very important, especially nowadays the cannabis is losing value. Electricity is going up. Everything costs more. We've got to pay more attention to the return on investment. So I think the thing to take away from this piece is to set yourself up for success before you fill that room or even your outdoor. This does apply to outdoors. I've done a full episode on this on outdoor growing. Before you fill your room with giant plants and grow them real big and give them a lot of time and love, let's find out, are they males? Are they females? Are they intersex? Are they mutants? Or do you have the plant that you want to work with? Let's do a proper pheno hunt. Let's find the plants we need. Then let's repeatedly grow those. Let's be real careful this year not to put uh, male plants outdoors and ruin other people's gardens. Let's be real careful not to put intersex plants outdoors this year and ruin other people's gardens. Let's be more selective. Let's be more careful. Let's put plants outdoors that we're going to enjoy smoking all season because if you do it right, you're going to grow a bunch of it. Let's not put some B-grade shit out there that somebody else selected that they didn't really want that they gave to you because it was extras in their grow. Let's put some good shit out there. Let's be more selective. Let's pay attention. Set yourself up 
for success. If you have the option to run that seed indoors and find if it's a male or a female, find the keepers, find the best plants, that is the ideal way to do it. The first time you run these plants is just the first date. Don't expect uh, the amazing outcome from the first date. That's not going to be a cash crop. That's not going to be a profitable crop. You can definitely, uh, you'll have medicine, you'll have product from that first run, but this is your inaugural test crop. This is how a farmer finds the plant that works for them. The first one is an audition, the casting couch. This is Tinder. This is your swiping right now. You got to go on that first date. You got to find the one you like, then pamper that one once you find the one that works best for you. All right. I think I've made my point on that part. Um, don't put some random seed or clone outdoors. It could be a male. It could be trash. Don't waste your time. Don't ruin yours or your neighbor's garden. My friend that sent me this message, I hope I did help answer some of your questions. I would spread that wing up. I would lower the light. Then I would probably start popping and twisting and bending those plants down now because in the future, they are definitely going to get way out of control. Um, if you're looking for the keeper out of that pack, I don't know that this run was an official solid test run because some of those plants are super stretchy because of their location in the room. Uh, next time, maybe rotate the plants around a little bit so that you get some in the edge, some in the middle, and then just move them. Just do like a rotation so they all get a little bit of that prime light, and then they all spend a day in the weak light. Just move them around. That way you don't get super stretchy, super squat plants all in the same room. My dude, thank you for the great question. I do appreciate it. If you have any more follow-up questions, you do have the email address. Everybody else out there, the email address, of course, is growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. Don't be shy. Send me your grow questions, your constructive criticism, your positive feedback. It's getting hard to talk. I better keep moving. Let's jump into this next email here for this episode. All right. This next question comes from our friend, Seth. Big shout out to my buddy, Seth. The question goes a lot like this. It says, hey, Rasta Jeff, how are you? I am great, bro. Thank you for asking. I'm doing pretty well. Nice and stoned. I smoked some, uh, should I even talk about that? I had some machine uh, live batter from some friends in, uh, we can't even talk about where they are because uh, then you guys will bother them and they would like to remain anonymous. I smoked some machine uh, live batter and I'm feeling great. Thanks for asking. It says, I hope all is well and I thank you for all that you do. Everything is irie, bro, and thank you for checking on me. It says, at one point in my life, I was a high school biology teacher and while, te while teaching things like mandolin genetics and plant biology, I, was, I would always try to tell my students, pay attention now because it's free. If you wait till later in life, someone will make you pay for this type of information. Uh, most of the time that is true, but it goes on. It says, thank you for proving me wrong. I love how you are providing all of this free knowledge so that we can all learn from our hearts. I appreciate that. Thank you for noticing. I do try to keep the show free. Of course, there is the Patreon uh, to where if people do want to contribute, they can. So I do appreciate you noticing, but I do put all of this content out here without charging you a penny for it. All right, it does go on. It says, I have a grow question, which is great because that's what I am here for. It says, I currently grow organically in soil with an HLG 600R spec. Uh, and then it talks about the grow a little bit. It says, I'm finishing a run of strawberry glue from TH Seeds, which is a seven to eight week flowering strain that I had planned on taking out the full eight weeks, which would mean harvest is in two days. All right. It goes on. It says, I heard on your podcast that for the last seven to 10 days, you switch back to an 18.6 light cycle. And I've decided to give that a try. Yes. Uh, many people have said that I'm completely crazy for doing so, but the people have, that have tried this have given me great praise. When I am finishing my plants, when I'm flushing, I turn my lights back to 18 hours on and six hours off. Yes, that is 
Uh, not normally what people do, but I get great results. I notice my plants get beefier and chunkier and they finish a little more quickly. So that is something I've implemented it into my grow. I do not do this on the very first run. I do this after I know the plants, after I know how long they flower, how long I need to flush them. When they are done, that is when I start doing cool, fancy shit to them. Not on the first run. Keep that in mind. So let's keep going. There's more. It says, uh, the problem is that in two days, I don't think the trichomes will be ready. I thought they would have been ready, but this morning, they're probably only two to 5% amber and mostly cloudy, but some trichomes are even still clear. That is uh, they will speed up quite quickly. They'll never be completely even, completely the same. It says, I feel I definitely have to take the 18.6 light cycle out to the full 10 days, which would be a Tuesday harvest date. My concern, all right, this is where we get to the concerns, is that what if the trichomes are not ready on Tuesday, which would be the full 10 days of switching back to the 18.6? I think you'll be just fine going 14 full days with 18.6 light cycle, maybe even up to 17 days I've gone and have not had problems. This is why I always say, this is why I say two things. Uh, always go, always plan to go longer on your inaugural run with the pack of seeds. When you said at the beginning that this was supposed to be a seven to eight week flowering cycle strain, I was already skeptical. I would already plan to go nine weeks with that. I definitely wouldn't go eight weeks. I would go nine just to see then the other thing that I would definitely not do is do the 18.6 on the first run so that you don't run into this type of issue. Uh, if you would have ran it, and I'm not trying to, to criticize you or scold you or anything. I'm just saying, if we would have done a run with these plants first, we would have known they definitely don't finish in eight weeks. Then we would have known not to start the timer too early. So then we would have figured that out. But I don't think you're going to have too much of a problem. They're going to finish up on time. You've still got a couple of days to go. Plus, you've got a couple of added extra days. Always go longer, in my opinion, than the original breeder's recommended time. Um, go 5, 10, a few extra days just to see what the plants might do. You don't even know what they would do if you don't go that extra time. Uh, and they're not definitely not going to be done if you would have done the light cycle, uh, the regular cycle with the breeder recommended. So uh, your concern is that the trichomes are not ready on Tuesday, which would be 10 full days of switching back to the 18.6 light cycle. If I let the plants go even longer to get 20 to 30% amber trichomes, do I run the risk of re-vegging these plants? If I have to go longer than 10 days, 18.6, should I switch back to 12.12? No, do not switch back to 12.12. That will freak them out more than anything. Uh, you've already given them a hormone shift in the, I said hormone shift. I apologize if you caught that both times I said it. Uh, you've already confused them. That will just make them even more confused. They'll start doing wonky shit. Leave it on the 18.6. Let them finish out. If you see any signs of reveg, you'll know what it looks like. At the tips of the buds, they'll start doing weird shit. Cut it down right then. Begin flushing now. Be prepared to cut right away. But I think your plants are going to finish up on time in the next few days. You'll notice that over the next few days, they'll just finish up for you. They're done and they're on that light cycle that makes them go more quickly. They will finish up. If you've got to cut down before they are 20 to 30% amber, that will not be a big deal. You will still have quality, potent smoke. I don't think it's going to ruin the crop for you. So pay attention. Uh, see if they start looking like they're revegging. As soon as you see reveg, cut them. Also pay attention to the trichomes. I would go about 15 to 20% amber. 
then I would cut at that point, but I do not think you should switch back to the 12-12. Now there is a second half to this question. It does go on. It says, my next question is about breeding. These are my favorite questions. It says, I'm about to become an amateur pollen chucker and I just germinated four of your firefly seeds with the paper towel method. For the record, I tried to germinate six and all six showed a taproot coming out and I planted them. Uh, it talks about that and then uh, 100 germination rate. It looks like a couple of died and I'm not sure why we don't cover that. It says, my plan is to get a cutting of another strain from a friend and cross it with the firefly with the dual goals of making firefly a little bit shorter and to really push the skunk notes. I know that you always seem to give permission to breed with your gear, but I at least wanted to ask permission and show you respect you deserve. Not to mention, I wanted to make sure that you did not have any plans to do the same cross being that you are a professional and this is your business and I'm doing it for fun. Dude, you have got my full blessing. Everybody out there, if you're listening or watching or if somebody's reading this to you or whatever, uh, you've got my full permission to breed with my seeds and my strains. I did not invent cannabis. I don't own weed. Uh, I don't have a copyright on seed breeding. That is not me. That's not my way. I make seeds just like all the other breeders make seeds, just like you're going to make seeds. I didn't... Uh, sneeze some seeds out of my ass one day and create a strain. I had to get seeds from other breeders. You see me honor the breeders that I work with. That's all that I ask you to do when you do breed with my stuff. If you post a picture, say this was whatever across to Rasta Jeff's Firefly or Firefly across to whatever, give me some credit. I would love that. That's all you've got to do. And maybe send me some of them. I do appreciate getting uh, seeds from my friends in my mailbox. That is always awesome. But I do invite you to do some breeding. Um, Find the plants that work best for you. Grow them a couple of times. Uh, understand why. I have a good goal. It seems like you do. And then do your breeding, bro. Grow from your heart. Breed with love. And show me pictures of the results. It says, if this email makes it to the show, please don't read this sentence. All right. Uh, no, I don't plan on working with the cross that you're working with. And I, uh, I'm i not even a fan of that plant. No offense to it. That's just not my thing. So you're going to do something totally different than what I would do Enjoy. Then it says, finally, do you have an application to become a seed tester? I could not find one on the website. I'm not an expert grower, but I am not a noob either. Obviously, any seeds that you sent me would automatically refrain from doing any pollen chucking or anything else for that matter other than testing them. I do appreciate that. Thank you. There is not an official tester application. I have put out an episode about testing seeds. I basically ask you to watch that episode, send me an email. Then if you want to be a tester, you will be required to join the new Discord server and post all of your test photos on the new Discord server in the tester section. That is what I would like. If you're qualified and able to do that, send me a message. Uh, maybe send me a few pictures of your grow. Just say, hey, these are the pictures I could take. This is what I can do. Uh, let me know that you're uh, detail-oriented. Let me know your skill level. And then I will consider you as a tester. So send me that email. Uh, I will do my best to get test seeds out. And I do appreciate that you know better than to breed with my test seeds. That is always frowned upon in the tester community. I don't know that those seeds are any good. I don't know the future of my new cross. I hate it when people breed with shit that I send them as testers. That's not cool. Let me do what I'm going to do with it before other people get out there and do their thing with it. Uh, that's why I trusted you with testers. Anyway, um, yeah, send me a message about testing. Send me some pictures of your growth. Send me some details. 
watch the tester video. I do uh, have a few rules and a few, a uh, little bit of criteria that I would like. Run them as soon as possible. Don't share clones. Don't share seeds. Don't share pollen. Don't do anything with them until I give you a go-ahead. Uh, but yeah, please do send me an application. Send me an email about it. It goes on. It says, sorry for the long email. Stay iry and take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. Cheers from your friend, Seth. P.S. I'm in New York now, so things are legal. Big shout out to our friends up there in New York. Extra thanks to my friend Seth for the great message. Seth, I hope I answered all of your questions in great detail. I look forward to seeing the breeding project that you do create with my Firefly. If you have any more questions, please do follow up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, pimps, hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, all of you sexy cannabis enthusiasts out there, I do want to thank you once again for listening to episode 737 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. If you feel like this episode was educational, informative, or entertaining, maybe you just like to throw me a couple of bucks for taking a moment out of my day, all you have to do is visit patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need will be right there on the screen. Of course, I do invite you to join the new and upgraded and improved Discord server. There's a link in the show notes and in the video description. Come hang out in the Smokers Lounge chat. Cannot wait to meet you there. Don't forget about the website, iregenetics.com. Anything you may need is at iregenetics.com. There's a link to the Discord. There's a link to seed vendors. There's a link to the merch store. Anything you could imagine will be on the website. Give it a click. Give it a visit. All the cool kids say, tap in. All right, that is all I've got for you for this episode. You know I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh new content. I want to give a big shout out to my buddy Misfit. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. Mm -hmm.